What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Hoops Podcast. I'm Ibrahim. I'm here with Yusuf, my co-host. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, just the free agency craziness that's been going on. Uh, I think there's been like over 100 signings and trades and all that stuff. Plus, there's been the draft. Uh, So it's been a lot of stuff that's been happening in the NBA. But we just narrowed it down to like four or five major teams and like topics that we're going to talk about that are like the most important things. Um, the first of which is New York. Um, they've been making moves. Uh, the first move that they made was they signed Fournier, Evan Fournier. He was on the, he got traded to the Celtics earlier this season. And now he's, I guess he's leaving the Celtics and he's signing to the Knicks for four years, $78 million. Uh, that is a lot of money. That's almost what 20 million a year. Um, that's kind of insane considering that Fournier is, let's see, how old is he? Um, I know that he's, I think he's above the age of 30. So he's just a player who he's been consistent on the magic, averaging like 18 points a game, shooting well from three or whatever, but he's not like, I don't think he's somebody who's worth that much money. Like, I don't think anybody thinks that. Um, so he's 6'7", he's, he's a shooting guard, um, and he's 28. So I guess you could say he's basically in his prime. So he's, like, almost 30. Um, in his last two years of his contract, it'll probably won't be the best contract. And I don't think this is a good contract because I feel like if you're giving $20 million to somebody, you don't give it to Fournier. You give it to somebody who's maybe better than him and... Overall, I think this is a really bad signing because it's going to tie up their cap space. Um, they, I don't know, they like they want to sign a big name free agent eventually. I know in like the next few years, and this is not gonna. This is just going to tie up more cap space. And if he, let's say he does bad or something, or like his stats go down, this is going to be a kind of a hard to trade contract. Because uh, like if he's not really adding a lot of value, if he's not averaging the same 17, 18 points a game. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna want to trade for him, especially since he was just like the last time he really played was on the Celtics for like half a season, and his fit wasn't good with the Celtics or whatever. But he played horrible. I know in his first game he was like trash, but I I, I guess he picked it up a little bit. But it was still pretty bad. Like he wasn't what he was in Orlando. But yeah, that's what I think. What do you think about this signing? Well, um, I think that. Uh, the Celtics are major losers in this whole Evan Fournier thing because, like, they gave up, they didn't give up a lot, but they gave up a significant amount to get him. And the whole intention was like, they're going to re sign him. But I didn't, you know, it's really interesting. You know, Evan Fournier's, um, <clears throat> you know, his, um, uh, his value went up because he was playing the Olympics in France and he played on the French national team. And then he dropped like 40, like, like in three games in a row. So, uh, you know, his, his value was going up and then like it peaked and then he signed the contract. But um, I mean, in terms of uh, like what I've heard is that like New York needs like another score off the bench, not off the bench, but they need another score because like, you know, in crunch time, it'd be like, all right, let's give the ball to Julius Randle and then space out. But I think Fournier can come maybe potentially off the bench or he can even start and like he can get buckets. But I mean, it is kind of a huge price to pay if you think about it. And then. I don't know how he fits, but he's been a good he's been a good role player. I mean, his entire career basically. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think they're kind of 
so I think the problem with the Knicks last year was so it was like their breakout year or whatever of being not trash for like the first time in so long. And mm-hmm. they had Tom Thibodeau and Tom Thibodeau is a defensive coach. So what that means is their defense was always going to be solid, um, which it was throughout the whole year. They had a really good defense. But then in the playoffs, their offense was really the thing that struggled. Like Randall, they it's like they needed at least like somebody else. Okay, So they had Randall. They, they didn't have anybody who could, like, create their own shot or, yeah, like, create offense. They had Derrick Rose, though. Yeah, that that, yeah. Like... I was about to mention. Like, it was just Randall and Derrick Rose. And that, that was literally it. And then Randall yeah. was, like, playing, like, garbage because he needed, like, somebody else to defer to a little <laughs> bit. Randall was exhausted. <laughs> yeah. He, he. I mean, some of the shots he was taking were really bad. But, like, he had no other choice. Like, who is he going to pass it to? So, like, nobody on that team could really do as much. So, I think, like, they're trying to sign people like Fournier. Um to, you know, relieve themselves of that kind of offensive pressure. Uh, and because, like, they've been solid on defense. I think there's, like, okay, well, we know that, and we're assuming we're going to be just as good on defense. Let's try and get better at offense. So I think that's why they're signing him. Um, but, yeah. The second thing they did is um, they signed Kemba. So I think Kemba got, like, bought out or something like that. Yeah, he got um, bought out in OKC. <laughs> bought out was insane. It was like two years, seventy-four million. He got bought out from OKC, and then um, he he signed to the Knicks for two years for twenty million. I think this is a really good signing, and the reason why is because, like, if it's a worst-case scenario, Kemba, which is what this whole last year of Kemba was, was like him half the time. So he half the season he was basically kind of injured, right? And then that, so he only played half the season. And then half of the season of that half was him being being playing trash. So he was only basically really adding value to the team for like a fourth of the season. And if you're getting, if you're paying him $30 million a year, that's not worth it. So that's why the, the Celtics got screwed. But if you're paying him $10 million and let's say he emerges as like averaging 20 points a game, shooting really well from three, like he was, and he's facilitating well, that's your best case scenario. Your worst case scenario, he plays trash, which we've seen him do. But like, you're only paying him ten million, so it's not like you're getting screwed. And you could bench him for like Derrick Rose, who they also I think he re-signed with them or something, right? Like three years, forty-three million, I think. Uh, yeah. So it's like I think this is a really good signing because even if, if he's good, then that's great for them. Like, if he, it's going to add a lot of value. Even if he's bad, it won't hurt them as much. Like it hurt the Celtics. Well, but Raheem, the problem is that he doesn't play defense. He's too. He's a liability on defense. So, I mean, like you know, I'm rooting for Kemba because he's been through like a lot. But you know, like that's what people have been saying. Like, yeah, you know, offensively, like he, he fits right in. Like they they'd be a really good, um, like they'd be a defensive team. But defensively, that's where it's like, uh, you know, unless like you know, you know, maybe Kemba improves his defense and like you know he he uh you know, he fits in with, like, what they're trying to do on defense. Like, that's the only concern. It's never it, – like, there's been two concerns about Kemba. First, like, his defense, and then second, his durability. Like, the knee keeps on coming up. But I think that if those two – at least one of those two things are there, and then Kemba has okay defense, like uh, – but I don't, in my opinion, I don't expect him to be a starter. I think that he probably would come off the bench because um, – or maybe he might be a starter. I mean, who was their starter this year for point guard? Was it, like – I think it was I know Derek I think was it like uh what's his name? Alfred Payton? RJ Barrett or uh Emmanuel quickly was starting like for a little bit or something like that. Um 
I don't know. They're point guard rotation. I mean, I'm assuming Fournier is going to get some minutes too, but he's more of a shooting guard. Um, I think Kemba would start, but I feel like they're banking on, like, not every team is going to have all five starting, like, players in the starting lineup having no defensive, uh, what's the word? Like, this is, uh, like, there's, like, teams, like, of course, you're going to have defensive weaknesses, right? And yeah. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be like, okay, that's he's our weakness. That's fine. Uh, I, we're going to trust that we're going to be a good defensive team, and he's going to really help us on offense. I think that I think that's what they're trying to do. Um, but, yeah, I think it's good. I think the Knicks are making the right moves here because uh, if they want to sign a big-name free agent, this contract is, what, $10 million they're only paying him? Like, it'll be free cap space in a couple years. Uh, and you could probably easily trade him. Like, if you really wanted to clear, clear up that cap space, you could trade him for, like, a second-round pick or something like that to another team that's, like, rebuilding who would just take him on just because. Uh, or I don't know. It, it, like, they could – It's I feel like it's an easily tradable contract. But Fournier, that $20 million, if he's not really adding a lot of value, you can't trade it that easily. So that's why I don't think the Fournier signing is the best. I think they're banking on him being really good, but – I wouldn't trust on him being that good, but we'll see. Um, other than that, uh, they extended Alec Burks. I don't know how important that is. Do you think that's that important or what? Um, I mean, they extended Alex, Alec Burks and Noel, and they lost Bullock to the Mavs. But, I mean, these are just role players. And, uh, like, I mean, it was pretty interesting. Like, the only like the reason that I thought that this was interesting because – like the contract years are interesting because it's three years and people have been hinting at that. Oh, since it's three years and then, you know, in three years, like Zion Williamson will be in the market or stuff like that, like as, or other superstars will be in the market. So they're really gearing for, you know, two or three years from now. And so, you know, you'd be relevant for two or three years in Madison, Madison Square Garden. And then, you know, you bring the hype and then, you know, superstar from the outside is like, yo, I want to go to, like, I want to play Madison Square Garden, but um, like that, that was the only reason I thought that that was interesting. They both signed three years, like around thirty million dollar contract. So uh, that was interesting. Um, but I mean, in terms of like worth, like and you know what they'll do, <laughs> I expect the Knicks to be like a little bit lower than where they were last year because I think last year was kind of a fluke because like the pandemic and teams are rising like Chicago, Miami. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I don't expect to. I expect that these moves brings New York to like the sixth spot in the East. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to be like a okay team. I feel like they're not just going to fall out of the playoffs, but I think that certain teams are going to be better. Um, But yeah, I guess that's really it for the Knicks. Uh, These are just some moves they've made. I think that in general, they're on the right track. Like, I feel like they have the right idea here. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on to another team. Uh, so in addition to New York, we got Chicago. They've been making major moves here. Uh, they acquired, what is it, DeMar DeRozan, first of all. They signed, I think there was like a sign-in trade between them and San Antonio. Um, and I don't know the exact details of it. Um, I know that they didn't give up much. It was something like Dad Young and Sadoransky, right? Something like that, like a package of that for DeMar DeRozan. Uh, no, basically they got like uh, Alfred Camino and Thaddeus Young. I, the whole reason like it was interesting was because uh, DeRozan, he signed a three years, $85 million contract. And so uh, 
it was because it, it, it was interesting because it was like fully guaranteed. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so three years, eighty-five. That is a lot of money for DeRozan. Who, I mean, I guess he's been really like on. I feel like maybe it's just the Spurs were a bad team. Like, I think the thing about DeRozan is he doesn't. He got. He has to have somebody who's like a sidekick to him, or like somebody who's like a superstar with him. Um, it can't just be him carrying a team, you know. Uh, I don't know. It's it's weird. So, yeah. So the the trade was Thaddeus Young and Al Aminu, a first round pick, and two second round picks. So this is okay. Most people would say that this is like a steal for the Bulls because. They are paying him a lot of money, but and but at the end of the day, what did they give up? I mean, Dad Young was solid. He averaged like 12 points per game for them, but I don't think they felt that bad giving him up anyways. And Aminu, he's I don't think he was on them on that team for this season. I think he was on the Magic and he got traded to them somehow. But he didn't he's not he's kind of been falling off for like the past two or three years, anyways. And picks at this point, they don't matter at I mean, honestly, uh to them because they're trying to win now. So I think this is a good trade. Like the value they got back was much better than the value gave they gave up. But we'll have to see how DeRozan plays. Um, he has a lot of people have been saying that he's been a better facilitator or something because he's been averaging like career high in assists. And he's been increasing it for like the past three years on the Spurs. I don't know. Like I I can see him doing that, but I don't think you can count on him as like this facilitator for your team. Like, that's not, I don't think that's the player he is, but I think they're trying to go for like star power here. They already got Levine. Uh, and I think they're trying to add DeRozan just to like surround Levine with players who he thinks is, com- who, who he thinks are competent uh, so that he doesn't just leave them, you know, because he's, he's like their main player who's been there and he's been balling out for them. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, the contract might be a little bit of an overpay especially since he can't shoot threes, right? I mean, what does he shoot, like, something like 30% from three? Bro, he's a mid-range legend, but, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think that the DeRozan signing was interesting because um, I'm pretty sure the guy who constructed the Denver Nuggets with Jokic and, you know, uh, Nurkic and, you know, stuff like that, and then, like, they eventually traded Nurkic away because they saw something in Jokic, like, you know, and they drafted Jamal Murray and, I'm pretty sure that GM, or I'm pretty sure, like, he was, or some dude's assistant GM was, like, he, he uh, he's not part of Chicago, and he's, like, running the whole thing, but I think that it just shows that Chicago's, like, they want to contend, but you know what's interesting is, like, they have all these signings, but they don't have Zach Levine extended, like, you know, after, like, two years, like, that's why the Knicks are pretty interesting, and he's only making, like, uh, according to him, he's making uh, $20 million or $19 million a year. And he believes he's underpaid because he, he he outplayed his contract. So right now he's looking for an extension or a re like uh, um, uh, like you know to restructure the contract. But I mean, the most important thing for them is just like they have to win now. And I mean the, the, that's what they did. I mean I think they have a solid five. Like you know if you look at the lineup, like it's Levine, Lonzo, uh, Caruso, um, Demar Derozan, uh, and then Vucevic, and then you even have Patrick Williams. So. I think they have a solid like eight nine man rotation. Um, they didn't give up one hundred fifty million dollars for Dennis Schroeder, which is crazy. Um, but I mean, it's it's it. I, I think Chicago becomes relevant, and then it'll be interesting. Like, what team this year um, who made the playoffs will not make the 
the playoffs next year because I think Chicago will make the playoffs. Yeah, I think that they should be good. I mean, we'll have to see how they play, obviously, but I feel like Billy Donovan should be able to manage it good enough. Like, they got the coach. Now they got the players. Now they got to put it all together and, you know, get some wins. But, uh, yeah, so they in addition to DeMar DeRozan, they also got Lonzo Ball, who they signed for, was it, four years, $85 million. Uh, was that a signing trade also? Um, I yeah, think he once he became like Devontae Graham got, uh, I think like he got, um, like he signed a, he signed an extension with New Orleans. So basically Lonzo to Chicago and then New Orleans did something with Charlotte and then that's how, how they got Devontae Graham. And then, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that his contract was four years, 81 million or 85. Uh, I'm not sure how much, but it was around there. Yeah, I mean, people have been saying that Lonzo's going to get around 18 to 20 million a year because of how he's improved his three-point shot. He shot like 38%. Although, he, I, I know he, in the bubble, he was complete garbage, but he still put it back together this season. He was still playing well. Um, so, he's a good defender. Now, he can shoot threes. Uh, he's more of a like pass-first type of guy, I feel like. Like, if you want him to score on his own, I, I don't know how, like, if you want, like, you know, you have certain point guards who are like kind of score first. Like, if you give the ball to Damian Lillard and you tell him to go score, right? Pick and roll at the top of the key or like at half court, even, and then bang, mid range pull up and it's good, right? Lonzo just, just doesn't have that in his game. He cannot, like, have you ever seen Lonzo ball pull up for mid range? A few times, maybe I've seen yeah, that, but he can't, he doesn't really, I feel like that's not really what he's good at. And like, he doesn't have that type like of thing in his game. But he's more of a pass-first guy. Like, he'll add value in different areas. Um, and this is good because you need somebody like Lonzo to distribute the ball to DeRozan, to distribute the ball to Levine. Um, and I think that's a good signing. And I think it's equal value. I mean, it, it looks like $85 million looks like a lot. But it's totally – I feel like it's worth it for Lonzo. And he's a good defender also. Uh, but, yeah, what do you think about the signing? Um, well, I think that the signing is interesting because uh... – because, like, um, I mean, it, it's really bad for New Orleans because Zion and Lonzo were developing in chemistry, and that's why, like, people have said that New Orleans is, like, one of the most questionable teams coming in, like, a- after free agency because, you know, they hired a new coach, and they were trying to basically, like, you know how they traded Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe? Like, the whole reasoning behind that was that they're trying to land Chris Paul or um, I think that there was another name who they were trying to land, but they are trying to land a big name. Oh, no, it was Chris Paul or Kyle Lowry. And what ended up happening is they got neither, but they gave up like two first round picks. And then they ended up with Devontae Graham, which I mean, he's not a bad player, but, um, you know, it's a lot. And so, you know, they didn't even retain Lonzo Ball. And they, they could have matched the offer sheet if they really wanted to, but they didn't see that. Um, but for Chicago, I think that Lonzo Ball, he's a good facilitator and they don't need another score. Like if you look at Chicago, like, Vucevic needs the ball. He doesn't need the ball, but you want to you want to make him active. Like you know, you want to feed him touches. Levine, he, he's a dominant like he he's a dominant scorer. So you want to give him the ball, and then all you need is for, as a facilitator to like you know make sure like to control the traffic and stuff like that. And you also need someone to you know if they're getting double team like you know if you're if they're in the corner like they can knock down a, like a three. And that's what Lonzo exactly does. Like, um, I mean, I think that he fits perfectly. But I think Alex Crusoe was a steal that they got. Yeah, uh, moving on to Alex Crusoe, obviously, off of that. 
he got what was it four years 37 million um so he's leaving the lakers uh he came up on the lakers you know uh was he like a g league player or something like that uh, he came up he played really well like good defense and like he made like smart passes and stuff like that he fit well with lebron um and he showed that he has like a strong basketball iq and like he has pretty surprising athleticism um and his three-point shot i'll admit this like his three-point shot is pretty like you know questionable like if i search it up right now how much he shot from three i guarantee you um it won't be something like so i'm looking up right now oh you know what i just changed my mind he shot 40 percent from three last year which i actually did not know but before that i think the year before that he didn't shoot well from three at all he shot like 33 percent from three which is like kind of mediocre um in 2019 but i guess he put it together this season and he managed to be a good three-point shooter um so i guess i was gonna say his weakness is three-point shooting but it seems that this season he's fixed that weakness although it's not like he's putting together a bunch of attempts per game it's not on that many attempts per game um, like he's only averaging 2.4 three point attempts per game. So he's probably hitting like one or two threes a game max. And I don't know how much you could do that with like a high volume. His percentage might go down, but still it's like, I think it's just a solid player that they're adding to their roster and 37 million seems like a lot, but four years, 37, that's like what eight, 9 million a year. I mean, that's pretty much what role players are like solid role players are worth now in the, in the NBA at this point. So I think it's a solid contract. Uh, what do you think? I think the Lakers are foolish. Like, why would you um, give him away? Because, like, he's a really good player. And, like, he was instrumental um, to their championship run. But, I mean, they got – I think they valued uh, THT more. But I think that for the Bulls, what Caruso does is that he, he like, he's a good defender. And I'm pretty sure he can guard one through three. So – like defensively, uh, he brings a lot to them. Again, like he's a guy who can knock down corner threes. He's not a liability on defense. And I think that he propels them because it's just like, um, he's like, he's just another dimension that they never had. Like he's kind of an energy type of player. And so you can play him off the bench. You can start him. And then um, I think Billy Donovan is good in, this, in those situations because he did that with Dennis Schroeder. And then Schroeder like drastically changed. Like his value went up a lot. So I think that Caruso will be used like a what's what's that thing called like um uh like a six called? man off the bench no 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 I think it will be used like a a Swiss knife so you can't oh okay okay so like a secret like a secret weapon yeah, yeah I, I like you can plug him into like a bunch of situations and they'll do well uh yeah I agree I think I think it's just like a solid player he's also like a fan favorite uh a lot of fans like you know, just love Caruso for some reason. Like they call, he has like hella nicknames, like the bald eagle. Everybody calls him the goat or something. Uh, so that can't hurt, right? Just to have something like that. I'm not sure why the Lakers gave him up. I think they had other plans. They made a hella signings this off season. They're, like a bunch of role players. They saw, they signed Carmelo. I could talk about that if I wanted to, but I don't know. It's Carmelo's on like a minimum deal. And I don't know how big of a deal that is. Um, Obviously, if you go to mainstream media, they've probably been talking about it to death because it's LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony. But it's like a minimum deal, and he's been bouncing around the league anyways. So I don't really know how important that is. But I guess they're leaving Caruso and relying more on THT, I guess, because he also got his 
extension or contract or whatever. Oh, I think that they're trying to maybe they think that Malik Monk or Kent Bazemore or um what's that dude's name who they just signed? Uh, oh, Kendrick Nunn. Like I think that they think that they can fulfill the role, but I, in my opinion, I think Caruso was a great fit there. Like as a Warriors fan, I saw what he did, so it's just like it was surprising that they let him go. And you know that's like that's something that's gonna hurt them in the future. Yeah, I, I don't know. I we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think that the signings they made are like Malik Monk. He is been he has been solid. Although I think didn't like last year or the year before that didn't he get caught for like using steroids or something? <laughs> I don't know. He, he's really? Been really... I didn't know that. So I remember this. Okay, this was like in the middle of the regular season, and I don't know. I so. I think I would say four days in a row, I'd wa- I'd start watching a couple of Charlotte games, like Charlotte Hornets games. And I'd noticed, um, and this was so crazy, right? So I just noticed on my own that like, I was like, oh, dang, for the past two weeks, this man has been averaging 18 points a game on above 40% from three and like 45% from the field. I was like, oh, damn, maybe he's really putting it together. He's like been a star in college and now he's putting it together in the NBA. And I guess the league was sus of him for playing really, really well. I think he had like a 30-point game, I think, in that stretch also with like a game winner. I, I, he was playing out of his mind. And then the league drug tested him. And then he he ended up take was he he'd been taking steroids. And I was like, dang, like oh, yeah, you're was, right, you're right. Yeah, he he'd been they'd been doing investigative work or something, which was funny that I noticed that before like it even happened. Uh I but I thought it was just him playing well, but I don't know. I, I guess he still has the potential to be a really good player and like play a role on a championship team. I feel like he could play a role in a championship team. And I think that's what the Lakers are banking on. Um, but yeah, aside from the Lakers, back to the Bulls. Um, I think the Lonzo Ball, um, Caruso, and DeRozan signings, I think these three signings combined with Zach Levine balling out, combined with Patrick Williams, who's playing his role, uh, I don't know how Kobe White is going to be off the bench. We'll have to see. But all that combined, I feel like they can make a playoff push. I think they can be at least the eighth seed in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, do you think the same or what? I think Chicago is going to – I think Chicago will be, like, right with the Knicks. So they'll, they'll probably be six, seven, eight, and best best case scenario, they'll be five. But I don't expect Chicago to take, you know, a huge leap because – at the same time, like it's not a six-man team. Like they have, they have like you have to. Oh, but you know what's interesting is that um, what is Kobe White's future with Lonzo Ball? What do you think? I think that so since they're trying to win now because of the whole Vucevic trade, they could. Okay, I don't think they're gonna wait for him to develop. I think they're just gonna put him, toss him into the back seat. Let's say Kobe White uh, doesn't like it and plays bad and then ends up saying some stuff to the media like oh i don't like my role or something like that like we've seen that happen before right i think he's out of there like i think they're trading him for like nothing <laughs> or they're trading him for not like a, a role player's already established um i think that's what's going to happen with him uh which kind of sucks i thought he was going to be really good like he he put it together like some good performances um his rookie year he had jim boylan that's why I, he would have been like at least a 13-point-per-game score in his rookie year if it wasn't for Jim Boylan. I firmly believe that because Jim Boylan, for some reason, had him on the bench. And everybody, like, whenever he... Like, I remember, like, Sadoransky was injured for, like, a, a week or so. And then 
Kobe White balled out in that one week and then he came back and then he just benched him, which was really dumb. Uh, so, yeah. But his future, I think that he has to come off the bench because Lonzo Ball is better than him. It's just, it's just, and he has a better fit than him. It's kind of as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, I think Chicago tested the whole thing. They were like, can we truly win with this like young core where it's like Williams, uh, you know, Kobe White, Wendell Carter Jr. And then they sent some dude, they sent Carter for Vucevic. So I think they're trying to get older. And I think that they superstar Levine. I don't know if I can call him superstar, but they found an all-star player in Zach Levine and they just want to maximize his potential. And they, they, they actually might fear that he might go because like, this is like, he's outplaying his contract. If you think about it, because he signed a four-year $80 million contract. I remember because um, I was just like, wow, that's kind of a lot, you know, and I didn't expect him to grow as much, but he's really shown that he can like carry a team, but he needs another, you know, another Robin, which is Vucevic, but you know, Vucevic was injured the for like, you know, not injured, but he had COVID stuff. So, you know, you add a third player and Lonzo, I don't know if like you can call Lonzo a third player. I think DeMar DeRozan is a solid third piece where it's like, you know, you have a lot of, um, you have a lot of shots in the paint, you know, Vucevic and then uh, Levine can shoot. Like Levine's just like a really good player. And then DeMar lives in like the mid range. And then, you, you know, you surround them with shooters with, you know, ball and then Caruso, or you can do ball and then Williams. So but Williams is a good defender too, but I just like what they're doing, but I don't know how high this propels them in the East. And regarding Kobe White, uh, I mean, he's for one more year. So I guess like, uh, you know what, what you know what they say, like, oh, he's going to have a breakout year because he has his contract year, which if he does, that'd be interesting to see what they do. Uh, yeah, um, I agree. I think that we can all see what their definite ceiling is, and I think their definite ceiling is um, they're not getting past the second round. Like, whoever team, whatever team they versus the second round, they're going to probably lose. Like, they're just, I don't think they're that good to go to, like, you know, the Eastern Conference Finals or anything like that. Um, but at least they're raising their floor. Like, if you have a number of solid players on their team, on your team, unless you have extreme chemistry issues, you're not going to be, like, a bad team. You're always – you're going to – even if your coach is trash, if you have a bunch of solid, solid players and, like, a couple all-stars, you're going to be good no matter what. So I think that they're going to be good, like, at least a playoff team no matter what. Unless their their fit is really bad, which we like, it could happen. You never know. But yeah, I think in general, I think Chicago fans are, have been tired of losing. Um, I think it's good news for them. Honestly, they, I mean, it's something for them to look forward to. They hadn't had anything to look forward to, but I guess now this is something. Um, one last thing with the Bulls is that it looks like they didn't extend marketing. Um. He's been he's been really good for them at times in the past, but I think they're gonna move on from him. What do you think? Yeah, I mean they are trying to move on from like he said that he needs a fresh new start, but he hasn't worked out because you know he in his rookie year he had a lot of promise, but the problem was that I think when Boylan came and Donovan came, like his minutes drastically reduced. Who's their coach of first year? Was it um I don't know who their coach was the first year before. I think it was like Fred Hoiberg or something, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, um, yeah, so when uh, Donovan came and then when, you know, what's that other dude? Uh, what's that dude's name who used to, like, outwork his players or something? Or <laughs> Jim Boylan. Like, yeah, Boylan. Um, Boylan and um, Donovan, like, when they came, 
Like it was just like his minutes got reduced because Addy Sung was playing really, really well. So that was that was one thing. And then, you know, he didn't feel like he was reaching his potential. And then, you know, he got injured as well. So and then Vucevic came by. So it was just like so much, um, you know, it's just a series of events. But I don't I don't think that he fits well with Chicago. And even if he does go back to Chicago, like I'm pretty sure he's asking for a lot of money. So, you know, they said that um, whatchamacallit, they said that uh New Orleans is a is a good fit for him, which I mean it'll be interesting because they need shooters, but I, his his value down because he used to be like he was considered an all-star caliber. He took a huge leap from college to the NBA because I'm pretty sure he was like all rookie team and then people thought he was gonna be like really well, like you know, another Christophs Brazingas or you know, like a person who can space the floor and um yeah, but Markinen, I, I see him getting I don't I don't see him, I don't expect him to be on the roster. But you know what's interesting is like Actually, we can we can talk about that later, but we can segue into Miami. But you have any other thoughts about marketing? Um, I just think that if he was given the right situation, he could average twenty two points per game or something like that. I like I totally think he could do that. Uh, it all matters on your situation. Like we know, if you have as long as you have talent, like it, it mostly everything is determined by your situation. I feel like and injuries. Like you could be talented and just keep getting injured, and it'll never work out for you. He did get some injuries. I know that, but yeah, I don't know. He's people, he's kind of just a side thought now. People aren't really focusing on, on him anymore like they used to. Um, but yeah, moving on. Um, their team that's been making moves, um, Miami. So we remember if we rewind. So they made it to the finals in the bubble, which I feel like was a huge fluke because everybody on their team was literally playing the best basketball of their entire career. And they had, like, zero injuries. I mean, you had, like, Jay Crowder balling out, right? Which, I mean, he's a good player, but, like, really, like, scoring 15 points consistently, that doesn't always happen. So, I felt like it was a fluke. A fluke. And then, so they, they came off of a finals run, and then this year they drastically fell off. Like, Tyler Hero was not as good, um, you know, Kendrick Nunn didn't do much. Butler didn't like Butler didn't play like that well. Uh, they ended up being like the eighth seed. Uh, actually, Butler played well in the, like the regular season, but in the playoffs he played bad. They ended up being like the eighth seed ish, and then they were like a first round exit to like the Bucks. So it was a pr- pretty bad. I would say it's a bad season under expectations. If you go from the finals to the eighth seed, then that's a. I'd say that's a bad season. Like you fell off, right? Um, so yeah. Um, but now it looks like they've acquired um, Kyle Lowry. And so now they got their star point guard that they wanted. Um, and yeah, uh, I think how much do you know how much they signed him for? Uh, uh, I think he signed somewhere around. Uh, 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 well, I'm pretty sure he signed like three years, a three year contract. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Not- I'll, I'll just stop searching it up. So Kyle Lowry, um, his contract is. I think he's making $33 million or something, or I think that was his old contract. I know he's just making a lot of money for them, but it's his last payday in his career. Um, I think that's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and So it's a, I think it's a three-year deal, as you said. I think it's somewhere around 28 to $30 million a year. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it's, it's obviously it's a big contract, and he's over the age of 30, but he's some 35. players, like, it, it some players it's like even if they're over the age of 30 they're still remarkably remarkably consistent like chris paul kyle lowry is one of them 
Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that this this was a good pickup uh, because he adds toughness to the team and Kendrick, they didn't have a point guard. Like Dragic was always getting, uh, like he was a solid point guard. They needed, they needed an upgrade there. So um, I think that that was a good pickup that they had. Um, in terms of like, what they gave, they gave up Precious Achua, and then I think they also gave up Dragic. So that was kind of a lot. And it was interesting because Miami always wanted to trade for him, like during the deadline, they were trying to get him. But I think that um, I think Toronto wanted Tyler Hero, and they weren't they weren't willing to give that up. And so Masai Ujiri was pretty smart because he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna hold on to Kyle Lowry because we I'm pretty sure he's a restricted free agent or something like that, or uh, like Toronto basically had rights over him." So he said that um, basically if any team wants him, they have to get him through us. So we were able to choose like what, like we're able to choose like the players that we want and eventually like, oh, Miami's not giving us the player that we want like during the deadline. But, you know, when summer comes or free agency comes, we're going to get the player that we want. So they wanted a young player and Precious, Precious Achua is a good young player that fits a role kind of um, because I don't think they have a center, but actually they don't, but Toronto, but um I mean, I think I think it's a good pickup because this propels Miami to, you know, the under. In my opinion, I think the East goes Brooklyn, depending on the health of like the superstars. You got Brooklyn, you got um, Milwaukee. They just won the championship, and then you got um, uh, who else was in there? Brooklyn. Uh, so so okay, Brooklyn. Uh, obviously, they, we showed we saw what they did. I would say third is probably Philly. Actually, you know what, Philly, it may or may not be Philly because, I don't know, Ben Simmons, we already did an episode on, like, stuff that's happening. He's obviously gone. Everybody knows he's gone. But yeah. if they pull off a really good trade, they might be really good. But if they screw it up, it might be bad. So, I don't know. We'll have to see about um, that. They're still going to be a good team, though, right? Uh, wait, let me see. I'm pretty – here, this is my this is my standings for the NBA, like, uh, the Eastern Conference. I think it will be, like – I think it will be Brooklyn. I think that – the next one would probably be uh, Milwaukee. And then I don't know about Philly. It depends on who they get. Like, supposedly they're trying to get Damon Lillard, but that's a stretch. I think that actually Philly could be there. The Knicks, the Hawks, uh, the Wizards, depending on everything. The Celtics, I think the Celtics had a huge January this year. But, um, yeah, I, I, overall, I think it's a good pickup for them. But I don't think that was a huge pickup. I think that the other role players that they got was, like, what really propelled them to the top. Yeah. Um. So, so I think here's what they have now. So they got kind of a big three. So they got Kyle Lowry, who's he's used to being like the second option. Like he was a second option, uh, with uh when Kawhi was there and he won a championship, and now he's gonna be either the second or I would say third option. I don't I don't see him being like so. Jimmy's obviously first, and then second is probably Bam. He's like younger and probably better like adds more value um and then i feel like he's the third option uh and it, that's like a big three these are all all-star caliber all-star caliber players right so i think that you got three all-stars right you got to be better than last year like you got to be at least like a six seed so you got miami's getting better right after this season at least that's what we're predicting chicago's getting better like they might make the playoffs so yeah. we're saying certain teams gotta go right I yeah. think Celtics are not making the playoffs. What? I, yeah, honestly. I mean, maybe Tatum carries them. 
No, 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 no. The CDC, this is where I disagree with you. I think that the Celtics will make the playoffs because I think they're they're gonna get Dennis Schroeder, and if they do get him, that'll be that they're gonna make the playoffs, and they 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 probably even get into the second round. And Al Horford was a sneaky good pickup by Brad Stevens. Okay, but like, okay, because like some team got it has to go. Like if if you got like Chicago entering like this year's playoffs, then like some team has to go, right? Like some team that barely made it or like didn't do so okay. well. I don't think that the the Wizards would. Oh, actually, that's actually pretty interesting because that's tough. Because I mean, the Raptors are not going anywhere. Um, the Bulls, uh, I think the Bulls would get in, and then um, maybe I don't know. Actually, this would probably be outrageous. The Pistons, because the Pistons are really bad, but depends on the development. I don't think they're trying to make the playoffs, but um, I think Philly, because it, it depends on Philly, because if Ben Simmons doesn't want to be there, and then like, what if they blow the whole thing up? Like, that would be interesting. And then the Wizards, I don't – who do you think would not make it? Um, I mean, I've been saying Celtics because, like, they're not set up for success. They, they haven't gotten really better like that. But every other team I feel like has. Wait, wait, so there's eight teams that make the playoffs. So um, how many new teams do you think, like, are going to be making the playoffs this year? Okay, so here's what I think. Okay, Chicago is going to be entering. Okay. Wizards, I don't. Wizards are not like. There's no way they're making the playoffs. They're garbage. <laughs> yeah. So Chicago, sort of one team is entering. A couple of teams yeah. are moving up. Uh, so like Miami's oh, gonna Miami's move up. For, yeah. And uh, I would say Hawks, I think are gonna move down. New what? York, they might move up or down. Like the Hawks, may, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie, it's a little bit of a fluke year. I feel like. No, but Trey Young had a breakout year though. He did, but who is a Sixers coach again, Doc, Doc Rivers. Rivers. Doc Rivers was a huge. I mean, come on, you know how I feel about Doc Rivers. <laughs> I think he's riding that one championship he had. No, hey, but you, you know, the honest thing about the 76ers, like they're paying Tobias Harris like he's a superstar. So uh, that's they're paying him five years, 180 million dollar contract. I mean, that's even worse than the Andrew Wiggins contract. I mean, I mean, Wiggins is like five years, 130 or something like that. But like Tobias Harris, like, bro, if you're getting paid that much, you have to like play better. Like, I'm not saying he didn't play well, but I'm just saying, like, you have to be, like, an all-star for getting that type of money. Yeah. I mean, he's, like, an 18-point-per-game guy who occasionally will have, like, a 24-point game. But, like, dude, you don't pay that guy that much money. Like, that's, like, $30 million, $31 million. Like, I, don't, I know he made a lot. Uh, I, I think it's a bit of an overpay, but uh, I think – like, here's the thing, right? When you sign somebody to that, to that much money – I think the reason you do it is you want to raise your ceiling. So I don't think that Tobias Harris raised their ceiling like that. Um, but I mean, they have they were, him, regardless, they have him there, right? So I don't know what I, they're going to I mean, they were always – they were the number one spot in the East, but Ben Simmons, I think we both agree he's got to go. I, I think that the, the relationship is beyond repair. I mean, I think I've seen that in the ESPN article or something like that, but uh, – yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, the Sixers are nice, but they're not – like, they've been the same team for the last four years. Like, we used to say that about Milwaukee. Like, oh, they're always the same team. But, you know, they had to give up something. Like, not huge, but they had to, they had to change their ways. And then, you know, you add P.J. Tucker. You add Drew Holiday. You know, you have to, like I – think, I think Philly just needs to re – like, restructure a couple of players and the whole system. But, yeah, not the whole system, but you know what I mean. Yeah, so I think they're for sure they're moving down, but I think that Embiid is so good, 
And Tobias Harris, he's not a ceiling raiser, but he's a floor raiser. That means that as long as he's on the team, they're not going to be below a certain level. And I think they're going to be making the playoffs. I think they're that good. Like, they got solid role players. They got Embiid. They got Harris. Even if Simmons leaves, and, like, I feel like they're still good enough to make the playoffs. But the Celtics barely made it. Like, they were in the play-in tournament or whatever that was. They ended up winning because Tatum dropped 50. That's the only reason they even won that game. And then in the playoffs, they lost, like, what they win, like, one game, that's it, because Tatum dropped 50 again. Although Jalen Brown was injured, so it was just Tatum. But even yeah. if there is Brown, like, one team has to go, and I think it's the Celtics, which I hate to say, but apparently there have been reports that Celtics are focusing on, like, the 2022 offseason or something like that. Yeah, that's why. Because uh, they're like, okay, well, like, well, realistically, they can't do much. It's not like they can. It's not like they can do a bunch of random cap you know, stuff like gymnastics or what you call it. Wait, but their owner's not willing. Oh, I, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but this is what I've heard. Like the owner's not willing to go into luxury tax or like, uh, what's that thing called? Like um, hard cap, like. Uh, uh, yeah, so luxury tax. So I don't think he's willing to. So luxury tax, I think means that like it comes straight out of the owner's pocket. Right. And oh, certain owners, they're only going to pay that if, they're like a contending team and like they're oh, making like, a lot of money. Like, like, do you know any examples like in the past? So I don't know. Some certain owners are always stingy with their money. For example, the Bucks owner, I know he has been known to be like stingy a little bit. Um, no, no, no. You're supposed to mention the Golden State Warriors and how they're such a good franchise and how they're willing to pay their superstars. Well, that they were willing to pay. I think the owner is just a bad businessman because he spent what? He, because of the luxury tax, he had to spend 80 million or something, 75 million. Uh, yeah, but year. he got KD, bro. What are you talking about? No, no, I'm talking about this year. Oh, yeah, because they thought Kelly Oubre was going to break out. Yeah, because Kelly Oubre, <laughs> I'm like, bro, I feel like he, I know 75 million is a lot of money to anybody. It does, even the, if that guy is wait, probably a billionaire, it's still wait, a lot 75 of money. Million? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, 75 yeah. million for Kelly Oubre, who was garbage for your team. It was, bro, it that wasn't was 70, so bad. Wait, was it actually 70? No, but I'm pretty sure it was like Clay and Draymond. Like, bro, you can't, yeah. But, anyways, um, yeah, yeah, so. I mean, Miami does go up. You didn't even talk about Duncan Robinson or PJ Tucker getting 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 to Miami. Oh yeah, right. So Duncan Robinson, he resigned with Miami. Um, not sure how much it was for. Like I know five five years, ninety million. Okay, okay, five years, ninety million. That I'd say that's that, that's a, that's an okay contract. That's not a bad. I can't. But, I'm not gonna say that's a bad contract because it's really not. He's just a shooter. He's a pure shooter, right? Wait, uh, so, so sorry to interrupt you, but um, just just to just like um, I don't know like if this will add to anything about your point, but just note that this last year Joe Harris he signed five years, seventy five million dollar contract, so that was the market for shooters. And then this year, Duncan Robinson comes in five years, ninety million. But go on, go on about your point. Okay, so it's fifteen million a year, right? That's basically what it is. That's or no, eighteen million. Sorry, eighteen million a year for Duncan Robinson. Is that that's I'll bit much like that might be a kind of a, a lot like in terms of like oh if you want to trade it it might be a, a little bit weird but I think they intend to really keep him around and they clearly see that I don't know he's like a hard worker or whatever um and like they just want to he he's just good for their culture like the heat culture um he's a pure shooter but you just mentioned Joe Harris they signed into that contract and then this year in the playoffs Dude, if they hit it like two threes in like that one final game seven, like just two more threes, it wouldn't like the Nets would have won that game. And now people are making memes like, you know, how people mentioned the whole Shanghai Sharks. It's become a giant meme. 
he's one of the players who they mentioned. <laughs> he's like their shooting guard. <laughs> Literally, he's their shooting guard. So it's actually hilarious because in the playoffs, dude, he was like his one job is to shoot threes, right? He really struggled with shooting threes, which is the one thing he does in the playoffs. So he was really garbage for the Nets in that series. We got to hope that Robinson, I don't think he was that bad. I think that he didn't get that many touches and stuff like that in this playoffs. So he wasn't like the most effective. Um, oh, but, oh my, yeah. my bad. Uh, I read I read the contract wrong. It's four years, seventy five million, not five years, seventy five million. So I think that's uh oh, it's seventy two million dollars guaranteed. So that's eighteen point seven five million dollars per year. So Duncan Robinson is eighteen million dollars per year. Yeah, that's a little bit much, but I would say it's still fine. Do you think it's an overpay or what? For Joe Harris? Oh no no for Duncan Robinson. Uh no 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 I no he he got he got severely underpaid like his first couple of years so I mean last year so it wasn't like uh like a bad like it kind of like oh you know he kind of deserves it but um yeah uh, do do you also want to talk about the Jimmy Butler thing because I, I wanted to bring up like how it's all like connected with each other. Yeah so what Jimmy Butler got resigned to like a max contract like four, four years, years. one hundred eighty four million dollar contract. That's a lot of money. How and the he? last time, huh? What happened? How old is he? I I'm think he's, sure. I think he's like twenty nine or something. Uh, I'm a double check. Oh, bro, he's thirty one. It's thirty one. Okay, so wrong side of thirty. I always say that, <laughs> which I don't know. It's maybe savage or whatever. Oh, you're on yeah. the wrong side of thirty, but like whatever. But, um, yeah. So he's thirty one years old. Okay, so when this contract ends, he's gonna be thirty five, right? This contract is gonna become. A bad con, like it's gonna be a bad contract eventually. I feel like, like, and it's last year of his deal. It's gonna be like the contract nobody wants. But also, I don't know. Like, does Jimmy rely on his athleticism? If you like, or no? Well, I mean, so here, here's, here's like my my whole take on everything. So like, the reason I I thought like I I like it's because you brought this whole thing up is just like, basically the Miami Heat their window is like the next two three years, three four years because you know. How is Jimmy Butler in four years? I mean, is Kyle Lowry going to still be on the team after his extension ends? I don't think so. But, um, like, the whole thing is just, like, do, do these moves make them a contender? And so you think about, okay, well, you have to go through Brooklyn. You have to go through Milwaukee. And so you say, okay, well, point guard Kyle Lowry, he's solid. Then you got shooting guard Duncan Robinson. Well, you know, he's solid, but he can be a liability on defense. Like, it depends on, you know, who they're playing and stuff like that. And then the three is Jimmy Butler, the four is Adebayo, and then the five is uh, Tucker. You know, you know Tucker, I think, was a really good pickup for them because although t- no one can guard KD, Tucker did his best job, like the best possible job. And I'm pretty sure you can switch um, Butler on KD, so it's not like that. But uh, I just think that the Milwaukee, I mean, the Miami Heat could be a surprising team that can make the Eastern Conference Finals and potentially even go to the finals because they have the championship DNA. But the problem is that, okay, last year, like Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler played horrible. Like their their mid range, like their field goal percentage was terrible. Like I remember, like uh, like they just shoot mid ranges and like Duncan Robinson's value. I think it went up a little bit because during the Milwaukee series, like he was the only good player on that team. And so you know, like all these moves, like I feel like Tyler Hero could be like the next Laurie Marketing story, where like he has promised his rookie year, but then you know, second third year, you kind of think about like you know giving up the minutes because you know last year it was Trevor Ariza, Andre Gonzalez, but this year it might be you know PJ Tucker or it might be even Duncan Robinson or it might even be like Kyle Lowry. So I just, I don't know what's gonna happen to Tyler Hero, 
I think that's pretty interesting with all of this. Like, does he come off the bench? And then, but yeah, I think Miami is a, like a surprise, like a, like a, like a sneaky contender uh, that actually might make the finals, like from the Eastern Conference finals from the East. I, don't, I think they're going to be like, so, okay. If you look at power rankings now, um, like in the East, it's like, obviously you said Brooklyn number one. I was just thinking about that right now. So Brooklyn, number one, Milwaukee, number two, third used to be the Sixers, but Milwaukee's or sorry, Miami's got like kind of a legit big three now, three legit all-stars. So I feel like they got to be number three now. And then depending on how Philadelphia, like Philadelphia could be number four or they could be much worse. Like we'll have to see how the whole Simmons situation, like if he, like, you know, like James Harden was playing gar- like garbage on purpose for the Rockets and like not showing up to practice. We'll see if uh, Simmons does that. It would be really dumb because it would take longer to trade him because people would be like, you know, t- teams don't like that. Like when a player is not showing up to practice because they want to be traded because like, well, you have a re- professional responsibility regardless of whether you want to be there or not. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that's kind of how the updated power rankings would be. I think that they're probably going to lose. Like, I think there's going to be a really good playoff series between like, the Heat and like the Bucks or something like that. Maybe they're going to be looking for revenge. Except now with Kyle Lowry on their team, that could be really entertaining. Um, but yeah, uh, any other thoughts on Miami, or should I move on? Nah, I mean, uh, no, we, we can move on. Okay, so last thing. Uh, there's been a few extensions that have been signed. Um, uh, you know, just a bunch of major players from. What draft class was it? Like 2019 or 2018? No, okay, 2018. So first one is, uh, what's his name? SGA, Shea Gildas Alexander. He signed five years, 172 maximum rookie contract extension. Um, yeah, that's, um, I think we all kind of saw that coming, right? Um, I think, do you think it's over? I don't think it's overpay. I mean, really? do you think it's over? I mean, but he didn't play like, you know, he has potential, that's for sure. But I mean, that's a lot of money. But I mean, he could, he, I, I, I have, I have hope that he can, uh, you know, live up to the contract. But I mean, I don't know. I think OKC is doing a Sacramento type of thing where they're going to be like either really bad or okay, but they don't make the playoffs. But five years, 170, like that's like, that's a lot of money. So uh, in terms of like, does he deserve it? Yeah, he, he was a 14th overall pick. So he was late lottery. And, um, I mean, it, his fit like he's a he's a young, promising player. But the thing is that he hasn't played like he hasn't shown that he can like not lead a team because he was injured. But I don't know how like you know like if you sign a person like a super max extension, like the idea is that you know they can take you into the playoffs or they can take you into relevancy if you're not there, or they can even like take you beyond the playoffs, like, you know, like, into the Eastern Conference Finals, which we saw from Trey Young. So, like, in terms of, like, the extension, like, is it deserved? Yes. But in terms of, like, is it valuable? Like, in the sense, like, is my money, uh, you know, is it valuable in the sense that, like, oh, is it, like, every dollar actually, like, matters? Or, like, you know, will, will this person, like, produce, like, that type of caliber of money? I don't know. But that is yet to be determined. I think that... So it looks like a lot off off rip, but like they're not going to – I feel like that's what his agent was probably negotiating for him, and that's probably what he expected, and they don't want to lose him 
and like because of like contract negotiations and stuff like that. So I think that it was the right move because he's what 21 or 20 years old. He's really, really young still. Um, so if he's averaging 20 points a game, shooting well from three and playing good defense, and he's only 21, he's only going to get better, right? So, like, imagine him at like 26. Like, no, he's how 23. much? Better? Oh, he's 23. So, like, in three years, he's going to be, we could say he's going to be much better, unless there's some Wait. crazy injury that. Dude, he has 24 points a game. Wow. 24? That's yeah, like, yeah. he averaged more than I even thought. So, it's like. Yeah, but he was on a bad team, though. So. True, true. But I think he's just going to get better in general, and they're signing for like potential. Maybe he goes up to 28 at one point. Like, who knows? Um, but he's just, like, overall really, really, like, solid. And I think he deserved this contract. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody's, like, over here acting like he didn't deserve it or, like, this is the worst signing ever. Like, obviously, he deserved it. Um, the next one is um, Trey Young. Uh, he got five years, $207 million designated rookie maximum extension. Uh, yeah, so... I think the reason that this says max and SGA also says max, um, there's different maximum contracts. That could be a whole other episode because it's so complicated, but I think it's since Trey Young was drafted by his team, they're allowed to pay him more. Um, so five oh, years, yeah. seven. Yeah. Oh, wow. And this I one also that. says max. So he had a breakout year. He balled out in the playoffs and they went into the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. This, I think this is a nobody's surprised by this right like i think that like obviously this was coming um i think this this is deserved like honestly like do you yeah. think it's yeah i, I don't mean, think that, anybody's even arguing about that, that that dude outplayed his contract and like you know actually what's interesting because we're going to bring up the downtrend thing too like this might be one of like uh one of the trades that are actually like even not even like kind of like it was a win-win for both teams and like these players can have the potential to become hall of famers and so basically, they traded one Hall of Famer for another. Oh, that's like kind of like the Pogasol and the Marcus Hall thing. But I don't know any other situation where it's like young players drafted in their prime and then traded for each other who ended up like, like you know, you know, some say, oh, Trey Young is better than Doncic, or some say Doncic is better than Trey Young. But in my opinion, bro, I'm not saying that Trey Young is better than Doncic. I'm just saying that Trey Young was able to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Doncic has always been eliminated in the first round. Like, that's just the. That's just something interesting, but um, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's like one of the only teams, like one of the traits that I'm like, wow, like that was pretty fair for both teams. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's in history there's been anything like that, which is kind of crazy to think about it. Um, both these guys, I could see them in the Hall of Fame, and like, I, um, Trey Young, all-time Hawks best point guard or something like that, right? And then. <laughs> Doncic, like, best Mavericks point guard. Like, who is a better Mavericks point guard than him? Like, Jason Kidd? Like, no oh, way. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. And we we're just talking about Doncic. We could move on to Doncic. He also got his own extension. Um, And I think it, this one is also five years, 207 million. The same as, exact same as Young's. Um, Because they both stayed with their respected, like, drafted teams. Shea got tra- traded, like, what, once or something? Um, Who? Uh, Gilgis Alexander? Yeah. Uh, so he, he was, was drafted, drafted from, by the Clippers, right? Yeah. And then he got traded to the Thunder and then he signed it. So He was part of the Paul George trade, I think. I think so, yeah. So, yeah, this is Doncic. He signs this. Um, I don't think anybody's arguing about this either. I mean, oh, I yeah, think yeah. he's like a future, you know, 
legend in the making, obviously. Oh, okay, um, okay. He, he just has to get past the first round, though. <laughs> he, he has to do that. Right, um, he has no one around him, though. That's the issue. Exactly, yeah. Um, although they did sign, like, re- they re-signed, what was his name? Tim Hardaway Jr. to, like, four years, $72 million. Um, that, that was a good contract. That was a good I think he's really good. Like, I think he, he does a lot for them. So, I think, I guess that's a fair contract. Um, so, D, we got three players right here who got a lot of money. But you got a couple players who haven't gotten paid yet, okay? One of them is Aiton. Um, and one of them is Porter. Well, Michael Por- by Porter, I mean Michael Porter Jr. Not Aldar Porter Jr. I don't know why anybody would think that, but... Just hey, he's a warrior. Hey, man. Don't disrespect the dude. Otto Porter Jr. <laughs> Didn't he have like one of the worst contracts in the league for like a while? He got injured. He but then he got like he's injured. He's injured. He got injured a bunch. Yeah. Um, regardless. So Aiden, I know that um so I know the Suns, right? So they just made it to the finals. After game two, a lot of people were like, so Chris Paul kind of got over eager. I think they thought it would stay like that, you know, them winning game three and game four or whatever. And um after game two, Chris Paul, I remember had a quote. He's like, "Oh, he should get his bag this offseason." And I, I was really weird. It was really weird because it was like, he's playing well, but dude, you're in game two. You should be focusing on like the series. You're not supposed to be focusing on, oh, he should get paid or this guy should get paid. Like I, I thought that was a really weird quote. And then they ended up after that quote losing the next four games and losing <laughs> the finals. So yeah, I don't know. That's what happens when you're not focused on the series in front of you oh, and okay, focused on okay. the offseason. Um. But do I think he should get paid um, the max? Um, in my opinion, so like if you look at like the value he brings, so I think sometimes what happens is even if a player isn't necessarily worth that value or like even if Aiden isn't necessarily worth like the full 30 million or like whatever, 35, 33 million dollars that the max extension would bring him. I think that some teams like they ha- you just have to do it because you can't if you lose him, it would cost you a lot more. So it's like, might as well just like pay him and you'll stay a solid team. And yeah, but, that's what I think about that. Here's, here's the interesting thing about the agent extension though. So Mikhail Bridges was drafted the same year. So he's eligible for an extension too. Does he deserve a max extension? <clears throat> Probably not, but it's going to be interesting. Like how does Phoenix handle the whole like cap situation? Because um, you don't want to like, disrespect the player by giving him less money than like he anticipated but I don't know it'd be interesting I think that uh Aiden will get the max extension but you know what does Phoenix do with Mikel Bridges that's pretty interesting I think that Mikel Bridges gets um I think he should get something like uh 15 million a year max dude like or 18 million a year maximum, like maximum, maximum. Like, I don't think he should get any more than that. He's a like, role player. You know what's actually really interesting, like, which is a good point you brought up, which is like this year we saw in the free agency a lot of players who thought they were much valuable than they actually were. Like, Dennis Schroeder, he thought like he, he could make a lot more money than he anticipated. Kelly Uber expected, like, like I remember in December, like after when they got him, like, like he was expecting 20 to 25 million dollars per year and he signed two years, 26 million. Marketing is expect, expecting a lot of money. So it's just, like, interesting to see how, like, these players anticipate, like, what their salary is and then what it ends up being. Yeah, I mean, it it, it's all, it depends on a lot of different aspects of, you know, cap space, what, like, point the league is at, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
Schroeder, I know, I think we clowned him in a previous episode, but uh, I don't know. I think Aiton should, I think he probably should get an extension. Um, as for Michael Porter Jr., um, I don't know. It's weird because he's shown that when he gets a lot of minutes, he's played like decently well. Um, but so I'm, I'm just going to search up what how well he did this year because I'm actually not sure because I know the Nuggets, Jamal Murray got injured and, you know, it was kind of a weird year for them. But, okay, this year, his last season, right? This past season, he averaged 19 points a game, seven rebounds, one assist, 44.5% from three, 54% from the field, and 80% from the line, okay? These are very, very good numbers, okay? this These are like... I feel like these, okay, so those by themselves are not max worthy, but I think his minutes have still been a little bit inconsistent. Um, you know, I think he can still be, like, he he got, like, 30 minutes a game, but I think that, you know, how the longer time you spend with the team, the more touches you get and stuff like that. I think he's going to eventually, he could average, like, 25 points a game. And I think, like, in the next two years, that could totally happen. So, they could sign him anticipating that like a max deal, but I don't know how much they can afford because Murray already has like a max extension. Jokic is already making the max. And then if they want to have Porter Jr. Um, getting like 30 million a year and they want to keep like these role players they got like Jermichael Green and like, uh, I don't know who else did they have like that one point guard, Monte Morris. Like if they want to keep at least half decent role players, it's going to be kind of difficult for them. Um, so, yeah, I think that's why they're holding off on signing him for now. I think they're going to wait until, like, this next season. If he makes another jump and starts averaging 23 and does even better, plays even better defense and does all of that, um, then they'll sign him to a max. But if he, I don't know, you know how, like, people sometimes say, like, you kind of sometimes a player has a down season and you realize, like, oh, yeah, their upside isn't as much as you thought it was. And then you don't have to pay him, pay him as much money. Um, I think that's what they might be waiting for. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about Denver is this: like, if he resigned Michael Porter long term, and you already got Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, and Jokic are going to have big contracts. Like, you know, does Porter really? I mean, he's a good player, obviously, but like, um, like, do you think that the Nuggets are contenders with Murray and Jokic and Gordon? Because like. Yeah, the whole idea was like we're gonna trade for Gordon. We're gonna go all out. We're gonna give up assets like R.J. Hampton and like uh, like a couple first round picks for Gordon because we really believe that you know he fits well with the system. I mean, what he did, uh, you know, you had Monte Morris, Will Barton is coming back. So the interesting thing is just like how far can the Nuggets go this year? And I think that however far they go, like that that that's Michael Porter's salary because if they end up like getting bounced in the first round, like his his contract, like. That, that's exactly what happened with Dennis Schroeder. It was just like, people were like, wait a second, like, uh, you know, your value is not that much because you didn't play up to what you expect to get. So it's just interesting. In my opinion, I expect Porter, I don't think he's going to get a max extension, but I think he'll get a John Collins-like deal where it's like a significant amount of money, but it's not disrespectful, but it's a long, it's a good amount of money. So that's what I think. And then I just don't know how far the Nuggets can go. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, he doesn't – if they sign Michael Porter Jr., I think he's a ceiling raiser for them. So, like, if he plays really well, 
their ceiling will be higher. He's not like a floor raiser. So I think that's why they should pay him a lot of money. Um, but I make sense why they're waiting. Um, but yeah, uh, you just mentioned John Collins. You got uh, five years, $125 million, um, which I know I think last year, I don't know if you mentioned this. I think we did in our first episode ever on this podcast. I think we mentioned like um, John Collins didn't get an extension last year, which was when usually a lot of players from like the draft class to get a extension like the year before their contract year um but he didn't so you know that's what happened and then he ended up playing really well in the playoffs for the hawks and i guess they decided that he's worth it so they signed him to that money and i think it's a pretty fair value contract i mean he's a really good player um and yeah i guess that's that um yeah i mean i feel like we've covered a lot i mean honestly there's still a lot of other stuff that happened in this free agency, like a bunch of random stuff, like, oh, Kelly Oubre getting two years, 25 million, uh, you know, Danny Green coming back to the Sixers, you know, Andre Drummond, he's leaving the Lakers, going to the Sixers for like a one-year minimum deal, which is hilarious because two years ago, he was Embiid's quote-unquote rival, and now he's a backup to Embiid on a minimum contract, which I think is really funny. Um yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff like that that's happening, but it would take, like, two hours to go through it. Like, we spent, like, an hour right now, but, like, Victor Oladipo, he's agreed to a one-year heat with, like, a one-year deal with the Miami Heat. So, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, that's it for this episode. Um, stay tuned. Uh, there's just so much in free agency. Like, we could do another episode to cover some of that if you want to, but we'll see if something major comes up. We'll do an episode on it. But, yeah, peace.